to see these little children walk in and be in a room a lot of them have never been in before for three hours and walk out with something that they made and they are so proud to share. There's just so much love in that. There's so much empowerment in that. And I'm proud to be a part of it. I'm proud to see that in different communities and and have my children in there. I'm really proud of it. A good kitchen produces good food, but a great kitchen brings people together. Welcome to Meet Me in the Kitchen, a podcast inspired by Little Kitchen Academy, exploring the key ingredients to a meaningful life and how they are changing lives from scratch. Here's my dad and your host, Scott Rintoul. When Felicity, Brian, and their team at Little Kitchen Academy dreamed up the idea for this podcast, the concept was very clear. To share the stories of all the compelling people who are involved in creating the unique environment that makes Little Kitchen Academy so special. Never in a million years did I think they'd ask me to interview my wife and kids. Not because they're not interesting. I mean, I'm as proud a husband and father as you'll find. My wife, Fiona, she's been working with Little Kitchen for most of its existence. My daughters, Abigail, who's eight, and Emily, who's five, have both attended classes and helped their Auntie Felicity with the odd instructional video or photo shoot. I can talk about each of them for hours. I just never thought I'd be tasked with interviewing them because, well, I'm a little too close to the situation. But here we are. So on this episode... I'm inviting you into my kitchen with the people I share it with on a daily basis. Here are my better half and my pride and joy. Welcome to the Rintoul Fam Jam. Emily, I'm going to ask you the first question. Okay. What's it like to attend a class at Little Kitchen Academy, Emily? It's like really fun and like doing the class. It's like at first I'm scared then. When I try, it turns into a great time, and I don't want to leave. Um, I have a question for you. What? What's one of the things you learned when you went to Little Kitchen? How to bake, bake can- pancakes. What about you, Abby? What's it like for you to go to a class? You've gone to classes for a number of years now, since you were five years old when they opened the very first one. Well, it's really fun and exciting, but when you first go there, I understand it can be a little scary because there's all these kids you don't know and you don't even know the instructors, (laughs) but the instructors make it really easy to do things and it's really fun to do things. And so it just like teaches you how to cook stuff that you've never known how to cook before. What did you learn at Little Kitchen Academy that you use when you were in our kitchen? I learned how to, like, hold a knife properly, and I learned how to do the claw. The claw is where, like, you have your fingers bent, like you're in a claw, so that, so you don't chop your fingers. If you have your fingers flat, you can chop your fingers right off. (laughs) And I also learned, like, how to, like, manage a stove and manage an oven. And they make it so fun because they have, like, an arrow garden, and then you can go, like, pick your stuff. What's something that you picked from the Arrow Garden that you tried and you liked? Ooh, I don't know. I like all the things that I've tried so far in the Arrow Garden. I'm pretty sure we picked a bit of mint before, and I definitely liked that. It gave a bit of flavor to everything. When I made lemonade with my aunt, um, we picked mint, and I added a bit of mint. I suppose I didn't chop the mint 
too well because I still got big flecks of mint from time to time. But it was just really fun. You mentioned your aunt. This is really special for you guys because your auntie Felicity is the one who started Little Kitchen Academy. Emily, what's it like to be in a class that Auntie Felicity is teaching? Like fun and really energetic. What do you like about your aunt when she's teaching you? Is it different than when you're just hanging out with her? Yeah, really different. But the thing I like about her teaching me is that that I can use more materials. And now I can use the kids' knife. And so, like, it's really fun. And I'm just ready to start on to another knife. You think you're ready for level two? Yeah. Level three? Level two. <laughs> because level twos are so great that I can hold a knife and not chop anything. Like a knife that I can't use yet. So like, it's really fun and energetic. Bye. You're not done yet. I have a couple more questions for you. I'm going to ask both of you this because both of you are in videos and pictures that are in every little kitchen academy around the world. Emily, I will ask you first, how do you feel about being in the pictures and the videos? Really fun. It seems really, really fun and like you can, kind of like you. Um, so what you do is like you like go into a class and then you get filmed like by someone. But how does it make you feel when you see a picture from... Portland or Toronto or a different place in the world where your picture is on the side of a building? Um, great. I've seen one once in Canada before of my poster. That's right. It was in Edgemont Village, right? Mm-hmm. So um, I have a question before we move on. When other children are walking by a brand new little kitchen academy that hasn't even opened yet, you know what they see? What? They see a picture of you with Auntie. And you guys are smiling because you were having a really good time. And so you can show other kids in other places what it's like to be in a little kitchen academy. What does that mean to you? What it makes me feel like in real life is like, I just feel, I just get all that scary out of me. And it feels so great. Well, I think we better ask your sister because Abby, you've been in multiple videos for Little Kitchen Academy, and people all over the world have seen those videos. What's it like for you? It makes me feel special. Like, I can help other people understand, like, what it is to be a Little Kitchen Academy student. And also, like, just being in those videos makes me feel like I'm the only person in the world who gets to do that. And it just makes me feel special. You gave a speech in front of your class. It was all about you. And one of the things you mentioned in that speech was that you were in videos for Little Kitchen Academy. Why was it important to you and why were you proud to share that? I was proud to share that because Little Kitchen Academy is an important part of me and I love going there because you can learn so many things and do so many things and you just have a great time there. And it made me feel special to share that that information with my class because then like they'll tell their families and they might tell like their friends and people will get to know Little Kitchen Academy because they'll want to like probably learn more about it. So they might go there and then they might do a class and they might find out that I was right. It was like so great there. There's lots of different things in every Little Kitchen Academy. There's a growing wall. 
There's your own station where you have all your different equipment. There's mixers you can use. There's ovens. There's a community table that you sit around and have a meal at after you're all done. What is your favorite part of Little Kitchen Academy? Maybe it's something I mentioned. Maybe it's something else. My favorite part of Little Kitchen Academy is when we sit around the community table and just taste our dishes. And it's also my favorite when, like, if we don't eat it all, we can wrap it up and take it home to our families. And then we get to, our families get to enjoy what we made. And I enjoy sitting around, and it's fun, and everybody, like, you kind of get to know everybody. So I have a question for each of you. I'm going to ask Emily first. And then, Abby, you can answer after that. Both of you recently got your very own chef coat. Emily, when you got your chef coat that had your name on it, how did that make you feel? Like, everyone likes me and stuff. (laughs) Well, everybody probably likes you anyway. But what was it like to put on your own chef coat that had your name on it? Great. All right. What about you, Abigail? It felt exciting, and it made me feel just warm inside. And I knew I was one of the only kids, probably the only kid, except for my sister, of course, to get a chef coat with my name on it. A while ago, I had asked my aunt if I could get one, and she said, let's let's see if we can manage that. And then a a while later, I got it. And it, it made me feel really excited. And the chef coat was brand new, and I saw it, the writing, And it was just so, so special to me. You guys are getting much better in the kitchen. And one of the things that we've done as a family this summer is have a weekly salad challenge. Each week, somebody in our family has to find and make a brand new salad for everybody in the family to try. Now, Abby, you've already done your week. What did you make for us? I made a citrus dressing It was made with lime zest, lime juice, orange juice, and we added a bit of orange zest. And what did that go over top of? It went over top of a very delicious fruit salad. I added a bit of mint, but I learned that the mint wasn't enjoyable for everybody in the family. So next time I make it, I'm going to make a bowl with mint and a bowl without mint. How did it make you feel to create a big part of a meal that your family consumed? It made me feel like I actually was like, a, I actually helped with breakfast. Most often, like, my parents make me breakfast. But when I made that, it made me feel like I was actually helping. So now, I sometimes make, like, bagels for myself. I sometimes make sandwiches for myself. And it's really enjoyable. And I have to thank Little Kitchen Academy because that's where I learned how to do all those things. There's something else you always make for the family, too. And you can do it all by yourself. I don't tell you anything. Your mom doesn't tell you anything. What is that thing? That thing is my batch of cookies. I can make cookies very well. Actually, I knew about mom's mom making cookies before I went to Little Kitchen and Cat. And then when I am eight, which I am right now, I started making it by heart. I could remember by heart what was supposed to go in it. And I got to make it all on my own. It was nice feeling like I could make a delicious treat for the family that I could make by myself. 
and just be independent with it. And I would throw in things like toffee and cocoa and white chocolate chips and semi-sweet chocolate chips. And sometimes we'd throw in Reese's Pieces. You know, Abs, you've been helping me make cookies since you were about two. I have? Mm-hmm. Wow, that goes back longer than I remember. Yeah, I've got a really beautiful picture of you sitting on the kitchen counter putting chocolate chips into the KitchenAid one at a time. Well, like one one in the KitchenAid, one in your mouth. One in the KitchenAid, <laughs> one in your mouth. I was going to ask who makes the best cookies in the house, but I actually don't know if I want to know the answer to that. <laughs> who do you think? Um, I don't know. I think it's kind of a tie between us because I started making cookies like this past couple of years and I know my cookies are delicious, but mom's been making them. I don't for, I don't know how long, but you're very good at it. Yeah, I know. Thank you. You're, you are too. I'm not quite sure who makes the best cookies, so you guys will have to keep making them. You're smarter to not answer that question. And I'll have to keep (laughs) trying them. You guys have done really great. That's it. You guys can go play now. You don't have to do any more. What was it like being interviewed by dad and mom? It was exciting and it was fun. It was kind of also weird getting, it felt like getting interviewed by some people from like television or the newspaper or something. <laughs> I just, it felt a bit weird at first, but it is really fun answering questions about my favorite cooking school. Thank you. Well, I'm very proud of you, Abby, and very proud of you, Emily. Thank Very you proud for of both of you. Thank you guys for doing this. And why don't you guys go play now? Okay, mom, you're and I'll welcome. Keep talking. You're welcome. Bye. Thanks, Sam. Thanks, Abby. They actually lasted longer on the microphones than I thought they were going how to long, last. How long was it? I have no idea exactly how much time, but it's longer than I thought they were going to last. <laughs> They're awesome. They are awesome. I agree with you. So I want to ask you this: We've been very selective. And I would say in some cases protective about putting our kids on display. And I think you know what I mean by that, whether Mm -hmm. we're talking about public pictures, social media, all -hmm. of those types of things. Why were you okay with both of them doing videos and pictures for Little Kitchen Academy, which gets circulated all over the globe? It wasn't as though I was okay with it right away. I think as I saw them in the environment and I saw other students in the environment, other children in the environment, that it became more clear to me that this was safe and it was joyful and they were happy doing it. They're proud too. And I'm proud of the brand. I'm proud of them and what they've accomplished in there. So it kind of evolved for me. I I wasn't super comfortable right away, but I grew to be more comfortable because of the pride that they had primarily, but also again, just how joyful the environment is and how seeing other kids in there and seeing how happy a place it is. I still kind of go back and forth on it, but once I saw how much they enjoyed it, I was much more comfortable. You've been working for Little Kitchen Academy in a couple of different roles. You just said you're proud of the brand. Mm -hmm. Why are you proud of the brand? It really does have a direct impact on the individuals that come in and out of the kitchen and not just them, their families as well. And it's remarkable to watch these little ones and I'm, I'm saying little ones, but it goes all the way through, right? It's, it's, it's the older kids as well that, that have these experiences. But to see these little children walk in and be in a room a lot of them have never been in before for three hours and walk out with something that they made and they are so proud to share. There's just so much love in that. There's so much empowerment in that. And I'm proud to be a part of it. I'm proud to see that in different communities and, and have my children in there. I'm really proud of it. You and your sister talked many moons ago about opening a bakery together and you sort of fantasized about it. Her dream, 
morphed into what we now see as Little Kitchen Academy. Mm-hmm. What's it like working with your sister? I mean, again, I, I don't want to use the same word over and over, but I'm so proud of her. It's been very enlightening. It's been very educational. It's been remarkable to see her in action and to listen to her perspective, to see how much she's educated herself and brought all of that along with her studies into this business that she's growing. It's been really inspiring. I feel very lucky to be where I am with her in this. Yeah, she's she's incredible and it's it's fun. And, and the nice part is it's not just about us working together. Like we get each other in a different way because we have that however many, I don't want to say how many years, but <laughs> extensive history. <laughs> She'll she, be happy she's, to hear that. She's known me for a very long time. I've known her my entire life. But, you know, we get each other in a different way so we can communicate in different ways and we, we can just really get things done together in a way that I haven't had in a lot of working relationships. We just gel completely. So it's been pretty awesome. There's an old saying that you don't mix family and business. Mm -hmm. Did you have any trepidation about working with family? Yeah. I mean, I think anytime you blur lines between family and work, I mean, any type of relationship, when you start to blur the lines, it's, you have to think about it. There's definitely times to, to really hesitate and make sure. I mean, I didn't work with my sister. I worked with my brother-in-law, Brian, with flip-flop shops for a long time. That was a totally different relationship. I was a franchisee. He was a franchisor. And, you know, that was a tricky relationship for both of us to navigate, I'm sure. But I think this is just such a different experience because we're working on the same team. Not to say that we weren't working on the same team when we were franchisee and franchisor, but we were working on the same team, trying to do the same things together. It just just feels so much different. I have a lot of faith and excitement in what we're doing. So I think it's probably harder for them because they have to manage me. So far, things have been going really well, but uh, you know, like that would be harder probably for them to manage than for me. <laughs> of all the people I've interviewed on this podcast, I had to do the least amount of research on you. Yeah. <laughs> I've been doing that research for a lot of years. So I know your career background. Mm-hmm. You just mentioned a part of that that you were a franchisee with flip-flop shops back Mm -hmm. in the day. All the other people listening probably don't understand your career background. Can you walk everyone through how your previous work experience has led you to where you are today? Yeah. Well, it's funny. I I always think about that day we were out for a walk and I said, you know, I kind of feel like all my work experience is kind of, it's this perfect storm of experience that's led me to this position. But I started out after university at Fairmont Hotels where I worked in the front office. So it was, you know, guest services and team management, lots of training, you know, very high-end, high-level service. And from there, I actually left the hotel industry and went into business management or business ownership with flip-flop shops. We opened the first flip-flop shops franchise location in the world. I think we beat Guam by like four hours or something like that. (laughs) But we, we hustled to, we hustled to get that title and then did that for a long time. Then when it was time for Emily to come along, close the flip-flop shop and then began doing bookkeeping certification just to have something on paper to do after M was born. And I think the combination, I mean, I'm very passionate about customer service, about guest service, about relationships, relationship management and managing teams So I've had tons of experience doing that. And then the franchisee, franchisor experience, that relationship, and then opening a business, running a business, closing a business. I think the number of lessons I learned, the number of mistakes I made, the left turns instead of right turns I took, I think 
that is invaluable in my position to be able to support franchise partners with Little Kitchen. The bookkeeping part, I I don't know. I mean, hopefully everybody outsources that. (laughs) But it is really nice to have more in-depth financial knowledge of the model and just really be able to help people cover off that part of their business as well. Because I I, I know for me, when I opened up my franchise location, I didn't think about anything to do with the accounting. It's not generally why people get into business to begin with is so that they can manage their books. So having that information, that background is, is very helpful. So I think just looking at this high-level expectation for service, this high-end product that I was delivering in the hotels, very high standards as well. And then the team management, the passion for relationships, and then the actual hands-on business knowledge combined, it really does set me up for success in my role. Do you consider this conversation relationship management? Uh, <laughs> in every way. <laughs> No, it is weird though. This is weird because I've never talked to you in this way before. So it must be odd for you too. I just want you to appreciate what a great listener I am. (laughs) (laughs) Noted. Noted. (laughs) You mentioned owning a franchise and I'm not embarrassed to say it. I don't think you are either. I was a part of that, but you were every day hands-on managing the business. And as you said, We made some mistakes. You made some mistakes. How does that help you now in your current role as, let me get this right, Global Director of Partner Support and Training? It does help me as far as being able to raise flags for our partners. One of the things that I like to fall back on, and I've communicated this to in a couple of relationships with our partners, I'm not here to interfere, but if I get in your way, it's because you're going the wrong direction. And that's just something that because this is such a clean and tight model, we can see that quite quite easily. But I do think there's a lot of similarity, and I mean this in zero condescending way. It's a lot like parenting. You do have to allow people or children, or, you know, <laughs> whichever, whichever one you're talking about, you do have to allow people to make their mistakes. What we really want to avoid is having those be big, costly mistakes. So that's kind of where... I try and find my balance is accepting that these are brand new business owners, brand new partners for us. They need to make mistakes. But if I can help them make the smaller ones, the less costly ones, the less impactful mistakes rather than the catastrophic ones, that's 100% what I'm here to do. I find it interesting that you use the parenting comparison in there Mm -hmm. because while you're not an instructor at Little Kitchen Academy, you have been involved with instructing classes Mm -hmm. and that's part of what you do from time to time. How has that informed how you parent the two that we heard earlier? (laughs) I mean, it's made me think from the very beginning, like even when Felicity used to talk to me about the Montessori work she was doing, the studying she was doing before Little Kitchen, it made me think so much because the idea is to follow the child. And that's not innate for a parent. I feel like the moment those children come out of your body, you're programmed to want to protect them and and stop anything from interfering with them and just bubble them, really. Just package them up and keep them safe and let them move throughout the world in this lovely little, this little lovely little bubble. And the idea of Montessori is you follow the child and you let them explore and you give them freedom within limits. And as I continue to learn about the pedagogy of Montessori, I recognize that I still struggle with it at home, but I'm trying really hard to get out of their way and let them lead me. 
because especially with our two, they're so different. And so we can't do the same things, but if we follow them, they'll show us how to support them. That's been a massive message for me is just, you can see how to support if you sit back and you observe. So huge lesson. Your new role Mm-hmm. I just rolled out the title a couple of minutes ago. Yeah. It's exciting. It's yeah. ever-changing. It yeah. has evolved since you took the job, mm-hmm. and it comes with a lot more travel than you've been accustomed to. Mm-hmm. Since we've had kids, which is almost nine years as we're having this conversation, you haven't had to be away from them very often. Yeah. What's that adjustment been like for you? It's hard. It's hard. But it's really interesting because I can't imagine doing this job and not doing the travel. I can't imagine not being there when someone has finally gotten to that part of their process where they get to open their doors and have their teams come in and put on their chef coats for the first time. And I can't imagine not being there for at least a part of that. So yeah, it's it's an interesting paradox. It's hard to call home and have the kids say that they miss me and they want me around because I've been very privileged to be at school pickup and be able to you know, go to the field trips and, and be really active in that way. And you know, you know this, I mean, it must be hard on you too. Like it's, we're very hands-on active parents. We, we want to be that way. It's shifted you into a totally new role as well. Yeah, it has hundred percent. And I'm happy to do it, but that doesn't mean there isn't an adjustment process mm-hmm. taking place. It's a far different work role than I've had in the past. And you and I have just changed the division of labor at times. And I've always been a very active father and have always wanted that. It's just the tasks are different. Mm -hmm. And with where our kids are at eight and five right now, it's going to go so fast. I am very conscious of wanting to be a big part of this while they still want us to Mm -hmm. be a big part of this Mm -hmm. because we all know what happens. We were kids once, many, many years ago. (laughs) But you remember seeking independence and not wanting your parents around as much. And that's going to happen at some point. Mm -hmm. But while we have the opportunity to be such a big part of their lives in this way, I want to take that. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's an adjustment, but I like it. Yeah. Do you find that you've been thinking differently about parenting or your approach since we've kind of, because I mean, I feel like it's my full-time job, but by way of you living with me and also by your involvement in the podcast, you've been involved in the brand to a degree as well. Do you feel like it's taught you or, or it's shown you anything different? Yep, for sure. It has for sure. Because the number one thing that I have said to our kids since they were born is, what's my job? Mm-hmm. My job is to keep you safe and healthy. I tell it to them probably every day of their lives. They're sick of hearing it. And I fully believe that's my job to keep them safe and healthy. And that means a lot of different things, but I've rethought how to allow them to have more independent choice and to fail safely because we all do that. And that's a big part of learning is failing safely. And maybe what we've considered failing in the past isn't actually a failure. It's really caused me to re-examine that. And it's, it's not easy to break habits and it's not easy to step aside instead of telling Abigail or Emily, oh, let me do that because I don't want you to cut your finger or you can't quite reach. It's not easy to do that because that's a habit I've built and has been ingrained in us by our own parents over years, but I'm trying. And I actually feel pretty proud when I get out of their way. When I actually get out of their way and let them do stuff, I see that as development for me, not just for them. And they can do it too, a lot of the times. 
I mean, there's a very rare instance where they're trying to do something, probably more Emily at this point, just because of her age, but where there's a very rare instance where she's trying to do something that she can't actually do that we have to intervene. She's trying to do more of that dangerous stuff. Still, Abby's a little more thoughtful, <laughs> right? But just Emily's like, I'm going to climb that 30 foot high oak. Like, no, you're not. <laughs> I'm not going to follow you there, kid. <laughs> I want to go back to the job, your job yeah. for a second. Okay. What's the best part of it? I think the best part, and this kind of goes hand in hand with what you're we talking about with the travel. I think the best part is being in a brand new kitchen with our partners and seeing them see students in their kitchen for the first time. I could cry thinking about it. <laughs> it's it's so emotional. Pull it together, right? It's it's emotional because they work so hard to get to that day. You know? Oh my God. Get it together, girl. Huh. Sorry, I just gotta don't apologize. Well, it's it the crackle isn't gonna be great audio, I don't think. <laughs> they work so hard to get to that day and they commit and they invest and it's not just money, but it's it's money. And a lot of them it's their livelihoods, you know, they're they're committing in so many ways and they're trusting. That's that's huge. They're trusting that this is going to work. And while we can't we can't do their marketing for them. We can't guarantee that they've signed the best lease known to man, but we know our system and we know what we're doing. And if they follow it, it's going to work. And seeing them see that, there's nothing like it. It's amazing. And it gives me such greater confidence to support them knowing that they see it now. Does that make sense? It does because when you see a parent who has seen his or her child go through one class, mm -hmm. just one, mm -hmm. and all of their doubts and worries and concerns, whatever they may have been letting their child go into this class, seeing those erased completely mm -hmm. and seeing how their child and the parent are beaming yeah. with joy. It's one of those things I tell people when they ask me about it, and I haven't I haven't worked anywhere near as close to this as you have, mm -hmm. but I see those kids and I see the change in the parents. And I tell people all the time, just put your kid in a class. You'll get it. Like you'll get it. Once you see it, you'll get it. That's yeah. what I find. Yeah. And truthfully, not every parent does get it. There are lots of parents who are looking for results. They're waiting outside saying, how, how did he do today? How did he do? Did he did he get things right? Did he did he do this? And you know that's part of the battle that little kitchen is going to fight is we're not results oriented in terms of a grade or a level of achievement. That's there are no certificates. You don't graduate from one class to another. When you do have an advancement, really the only place that exists is is in knife skills. And when a child demonstrates that they're ready to move to the next level, it's done very subtly. There's no ceremony. There's no like, oh, look at this person. They're ready for this one. And, and everybody claps. That doesn't happen. It's very subtle. It's very independent. And that's a lesson that we have to teach our parents is it's, it's not about that. It's not about their on paper achievements, ticking these boxes. It's about what they learned that day, what their journey was that day. Did they try something they'd never tried before? 
Did they say they hated mushrooms and at the end they ate a mushroom? Did they figure something out that they didn't know before? That's some of the magic is just connecting dots, connecting some kind of practical skill that they've acquired. So there's no parade of knives. Hope not. (laughs) (laughs) That that would be a concern to me. (laughs) Do you want to ask me what the only ingredient is in my kitchen? I do. (laughs) Do you or no? I do. Okay. What is the one ingredient that is always in your kitchen and why? Do you want to know what I picked originally when it was food choices? I picked thyme because I thought that was a cute play on words, like, you know, thyme the herb, thyme the thyme, the concept, but then recognized that that wasn't really what it was about. So my one ingredient is curiosity. And that's really based upon who I spend time with in the kitchen, asking lots of questions, encouraging lots of questions not just in the kitchen, but as I see these little girls grow in front of me, I want them to ask questions about what they're eating, how they make it, where it comes from, what does it taste like, do I like it like this, etc. But again, bigger questions. Where did that come from? Is that something I really want to eat? Does that make my body feel good? Just all the questions you can come up with. Could we grow this in our garden? Could we grow this in our garden? And how about Abby? I noticed that mint wasn't enjoyed by everybody (laughs) in her fruit salad. So she was one of the people who didn't enjoy it, by the way. But just when they ask questions, such interesting things come out of it. And so there's always room for curiosity in my kitchen. When Brian and Felicity asked me to host this podcast, how did you feel about it? Well, I think I was in the room when your name was thrown out there. So it wasn't a surprise to me. How did I feel about it? I thought that there's nobody I could think of who'd be better at it because I believe in you and and the work that you do. It's really interesting to have all of your worlds collide on on so many levels. For for me, I feel like it's it's pretty massive the intersection of my work and life. So for you to be pulled into that too was really interesting. It's certainly not a negative. I I, I like it. I like it a lot because it helps me see you to connect who the people are that I'm working with. Uh, When I say someone's name, you say, oh, I know that person. You get a little bit more familiar with what I'm doing because we're very involved. Our team is really small, but we're very involved and we work very intensely together. So for you to have a better understanding of that, I think that makes me feel more comfortable when I say, okay, I've got to go to work and it's a weird time or it's a weird day. I feel like you understand a little bit more what I'm involved with. Good answer. (laughs) (laughs) Good. All right. We we can turn this off now. Is that what you're saying? Pretty much. I think that about does it. It's actually easier than I thought it was going to be. Mm. I didn't know how this was going to go. I know that you are a very good speaker and you're very thoughtful, but you haven't had to have me ask the questions before. Mm -hmm. Not like this. Yeah. No, not since we were dating. (laughs) It was pretty much like this. I have a question for you, though. Okay. So you know Felicity and Brian. You know what Felicity's been talking about and dreaming about for I don't even know how long. I I, I couldn't even put a number on it. What's it been like for you to watch them realize this right before your eyes? I'm very happy for them, mostly because I firmly believe what they're doing is helping people. And I told you this before when... I agreed to do this project. I've been in sports for most of my career and I love sports and I will continue to have some type of work in the sports field. But the type of projects I wanted to take on were ones like this, where I believe people are doing something good 
for other people. And I really do believe that this is helping people. I think it's helping kids. And that's why I agreed to do it. I see what empowered young women my nieces have become. I'm so proud of them. And it's not all because of Little Kitchen Academy and the idea behind it, but it's in part because of that. And if my kids and other kids can get a piece of that, I'm interested in helping that. So yeah, I'm very proud of them and I'm very happy for them and it hasn't come without struggle. And we probably know a lot more about the tough times than anybody else, but it's worth it. It's a worthwhile endeavor to be a part of, which is why I'm happy to watch them grow this. And I'm happy to help share the stories of the people that are a part of it, because through what I'm doing for them with this podcast, I've met a lot of really great people so far Mm -hmm. and we're just scratching the surface, I hope. Yeah, it's pretty remarkable actually when I think about the people that I've met just through my job, the caliber, the acumen, it's all very impressive. You know, if you lined up the resumes and work experience, it's very impressive. But what is overwhelming is the people, the actual people behind all of those achievements and successes and accolades they're genuinely wonderful humans. And, you know, we just had our first AGM a couple of weeks ago or a month ago. I've lost track of when that was. But it was a a lot of nervous prep, making sure everything was exactly as we wanted to present it. And you get into the room with these people and they're just lovely, supportive, positive. It certainly doesn't hurt what we're doing as a brand is very purpose-driven, but that doesn't always mean that you're going to attract that type of person. And we have, and we've made choices to work with those people, both in our support, our you know advisory board, our franchise partners. We've made really, really good choices. So it's pretty incredible to see this group of people come together. We got to bring the group of people together in this house. We got to pack up a picnic and go. We got to make the lunch now. <laughs> yeah. Thank you very much for doing this. Thank you for doing this. This was really fun. Really weird, but really fun. Want it to get weirder? (laughs) I've never signed off an interview like this before. I love you. Love you. (laughs) Meet Me in the Kitchen is curated and produced by Toolkit Content. You can find more information about Little Kitchen Academy, including classes, locations, employment, and franchise opportunities at littlekitchenacademy.com. What's the one ingredient that's always in your kitchen? 